all God's people said amen. So it's, I, I love it when we worship and I, I, um, I know we have to learn more about how to worship God. Amen. We have to learn more about how to follow the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen to that. It's, it's key. It's, it's just absolutely necessary. Stand on your feet. Once again, if I trouble you, just for a few moments. I was, I should not have been shocked, but I was a bit surprised how many people um, stood in this altar a few moments ago that have something on the table they need God to transact. The word of the Lord to us over the last few weeks, and particularly last week, concerning agreement and the things that it takes to transact what the Spirit of God wants to bring forth. I don't want you to stay on the edge of maybe, might, almost. But I want you to cross through to receiving. Because your joy, your joy is in a whole different arena when God comes through and you know it was God. You couldn't do it by yourself, only you. You know that God himself stepped in and favored you, answered you. Once again, you have something that you just need the Lord, just flip it over. Then raise your hands and worship the Lord. Thank him. He's the one that has brought it this far. He's the one that's opened the doors. He's the one that gave you favor. He's the one that put you in the position. Stop doubting that he's going to do everything he said he would do. Stop wishing and begin believing. Talking and speaking and acting like it is so. Thank you, Jesus. Start acting like a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Most struggle in this arena because they don't see themselves right. And they start judging yourself why you are not worthy to receive the good things that God has for you. And you forget that it is Jesus Christ who has released us from our sins by his blood. He's already done it. And you need to accept that I am his and what he has released for me shall be. I want you to thank him right there and open your mouth and begin to thank him right there. And you just open your mouth and begin to thank him. Don't be afraid to talk about that thing before the Father. Don't be afraid to rehearse before God. I thank you so much, Lord, that what you promised, you make it good. I thank you and I just live in the, I live in the emotion of it already being so. For I'm not, it's not a matter of worthy. It's a matter of grace, a matter of gift. I praise you for that. I thank you for it, Father, today. That we don't have to work for what you have already provided. Hallelujah. Lord, we repent from unbelief. 
We receive in the name of Jesus. I praise you for it. I want you to clap your hands like you already have it in your hands. It's already done. I want you to act like, man, I don't want you to fall out when it appears. I want you to let it appear in your heart right now. So when it comes, you know how to handle it. All God's people said, amen. Hug your neighbor and say, it is so in the name of Jesus. My fault. Wow. All right, so before we transact in this whole arena of first fruit, by the way, this is first fruit season, amen? Amen. Wow. But before we transact our first fruit this morning, it won't take me much time to tell you a story. Actually, this story in the scripture was the first story the Lord dropped in my spirit. First story that he opened to me in the Bible to understand what this season is all about. The first time he did it. And it was actually uh, about 10 years ago. And I as much as I'd read the Bible, I just never saw this application. Much like I had never seen Abraham and Isaac's application. I want to give you one more that, uh, that you, can, you can put in your spirit to, to strengthen you and talk to you about God's ability to answer the impossible. It's God's, it's God's desire for your future to be greater than your past. Tell your neighbor what I said. God wants your future to be greater than your past. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, there, there's, there is the account of, of, a, of a very precarious situation. It, it's quite amazing because you don't, normally see um, it's, not, it's not the usual thing for a man to have more than one wife. It was permitted in those days, but even though the permission was given, it brought with it some serious problems. In fact, to this very day, those who practice, we call it in America, polygamy, we, 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 there's some serious suffering because of that. And don't forget tonight, um, we have a, a relationship seminar tonight for, for couples married or not. And all the people said amen. amen. And if you are coupled, if you are if seeing somebody, if you want to see somebody, if you are talking to somebody, I need another phrase to help me with this. If you are um, um, communicating uh, with someone, amen. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you, sir. You did a good job. You're invited tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about how you can communicate better, how you can solve conflict. We're going to say something about sex. Is that all right? Is, is that all right? Is, is that all right? 
So come tonight, you're going to love it. Amen. By the way, Tappy Nip said sex was God's idea. Lord help us. So let me, are you okay about tonight? What time do we start tonight? Seven o'clock? Six o'clock. Six o'clock tonight. Six o'clock tonight. We're not, we're going to be very, very timely. And I want to encourage you to be here and be here with your friends. Many folks that are coming that, that uh, don't normally come to Metro. So it's a great exposure. And so open your hearts to people tonight and God's going to help us. Is that all right? So I'll start the story by talking about this precarious situation where Elkinah, is his name, has two wives. And some of you know this story well, but to live in a household with Penina and Hannah was something else. Um, there, are, there are testimonies and accounts of not so great situations of persons who have tried to entertain more than one wife, let alone more than one woman. Scars on us from trying to entertain more than one woman. Can I get an amen from the brothers? Amen. That's our few back there. So, so let me help you with this story because it's very powerful. In the realm of legality, it was permitted. But Elkanah, even though he's a prosperous businessman, things working all right on his on his, on the economic was no lack, had plenty, in fact, overflowing. His household included not only Penina and the children that she was having, it included the servants that served the household, and the household also included this one dark shadow, her name was Hannah. That's kind of interesting because this is not the first time in the Bible we get the situation where the husband loved Hannah, he loved her best, he loved her best. But it was the other one that had the kids. For Hannah was in a situation where the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord had closed her womb. So no matter how, what, 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 no matter what Elkanah did, no matter how hard he did, tried, Hannah could have no children. And she was judging her personal situation by her lack. She felt depressed. So much so until most of her time she spent praying. Either praying or pining. One reason why she was pining is sorrow is because her rival, the woman, the other woman in the house became the rival to her. In fact, Penina would take the babies <laughs> and would tease her. And it would just drive her, just, it would just, oh, just hook her. So Hannah went to the Lord. She didn't know where else to go. There, there was no clinics to examine your fertility. There was no way to find out whether you were producing eggs or not. There was no way to discern tumors or a flipped uterus. There was no way to to do that. So she felt powerless. So she would do the one thing 
The one avenue she had left, she went to God. Hannah is praying in such a way that it's just deep out. The Bible says out of her provocation she prayed. She was provoked. Every year they would go up to the temple to offer sacrifices to the Lord for his goodness, for the way that God had blessed them. And it was first fruit season. And Alkina had prosperous crops, herds, and he would bring a generous offering to God and worship God there, present it to the Lord. Hannah would come up and, and while Elkina's gift covered the whole house, Hannah felt left out, unappreciated, less than she could not produce. And Elkanah, who loved her, you know, Elkanah didn't have to say this to Penina. She was there and productive, but it wasn't like that was his heart. But he would look at his heart, Hannah, and he, said, he would say things to her like, Hannah, why are you always, why are you always down? Am I not worth more than 10 sons to you? What was she going to say? No. She would just, it would make her feel worse. So this time on First Fruits Offering Day, she spent her time not at the temple, in the temple, but she spent her time outside have you ever felt like, you know, I don't want to go in? You ever felt like, I don't want to go to church? Is this working? Things ain't working for me, so I, if they ain't working for me, I ain't going. How many of y'all felt that way? It ain't happening for me the way I wanted to happen for me, so I ain't going. She was in that state of mind. But she knew she had to connect with God. So she's outside the temple, and she's praying with all her heart. And she's just, she's so passionate about the prayer until her mouth is moving, but the words are not coming out. So the Bible says that the priest, Eli, he sees her praying. He hears nothing, but he sees her mouth moving. You know, if you're moving in anguish, your face tore up and your mouth moving, it ain't no words coming out. She figured, she been smoking weed. That's what she been doing. I'm sorry, wrong application. Sorry, wrong, 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 wrong application. She been drinking. I said, you must have been drinking. So, no, no I'm serious. He, he, was, he said, you own something? You own something? What's wrong with you? He, then the, the priest, thinking he was being a good person to rebuke her, said, woman, when are you going to put away your wine? Now, it's kind of interesting that he would say that since his sons were full of wine. And in his own household, he had disciplinary problems. But he told her, he said, Just quit drinking. She looked up at him and she said, I'm not drunk. He said, well, what's wrong with you? She said, I am provoked. Now, I can't help but tell you that there are some situations that are withheld from you to raise your provocation.'" 
There are some things that you want to have happen that can't happen because there's not enough desire in you yet. You haven't come to the place where you would say, if you want to do this, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Some things are withheld because there's not enough movement on the inside of you for God to get you to the place where you would obey him no matter what you tell me to do or not do. So Hannah looked at the priest Eli, and excuse me, saints, he wasn't the best priest in the world. He does not have the best track record in the lineage of pastors. He's not the guy who has a stalwart record of, of his integrity and his family being in order. He doesn't have that reputation, but he's still, talk to your neighbor, but he's still the Lord's priest, isn't he? So, Hannah, she just, she let it out. I'm provoked! She tells him his story, and the priest hears, feels what's coming from that woman. And he said, oh, sometime when folk hear your story and you explain it to them, uh, they have a different attitude toward you. So the priest in his office, the, the, the office contains the authority and the power. In the office. The person who occupies the office takes on the authority when he occupies it. Can I give another illustration of this is simple is when you swear in the president of the United States, regardless of who he is, what his personality is, or what his family situation is, or what, regardless of any of that, when you swear him in, and he, he, the way we do it in America, one hand, the right hand is, is up to, I mean, uh, how's it, is it the left hand? Right hand is, is up, and the left hand is on the Bible. Can you believe that? And then they, they said, do you swear? And he swears. And when that is done, the authority is conferred on him. Regardless of his state. Which is why I have a problem with people who lambash the office. And they forget that God creates the office. So whoever stands in the office, if you don't like them, you better give respect where the office is. I'm sorry, it ain't, ain't nobody telling me nothing. That I'll come on down here and talk to you in your face. I ain't scared of you. Let me, let me, I want to make this real clear. All y'all been talking nasty about your president. You got a problem in heaven. And it might be holding up the reason why God can't get to you what he want to get to you. Because you're disrespecting the office, the authority which he has established. Words in your mouth coming out of your mouth. He don't even know what you're talking about. He wouldn't let angels, he wouldn't even let angels rebuke Lucifer. And you know he was out of shape and out of, out of order. 
But God ain't giving him that position. And if, if angels would not rebuke even Lucifer, how in the world you going to rebuke anybody that stands in an office that God puts him in? As a citizen of the kingdom, you ought to have enough sense to realize that it's not the man, it's the office the man stands in. That's why all y'all police haters, you got problems. Oh, you're going to keep your little request, just keep it, because it ain't coming. Because you have not lined up with what God has put in order. You don't have to like the actions, attitude, personality, dress, slur, language, accent. You ain't got to like none of that. Ain't got to like the tweets. But I tell you what, that dumb thing, I was almost cussing, not quite. I was close. I was close. Don't put me on Facebook, okay? I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> one brother came and said me, I got damp and my mother fussed at me. I said, what did you say? Said, what did you say? When you disrespect the office, you don't get the. When you disrespect the office, you can't utilize the power. When you disrespect the position, then you don't get God's approval. Lord have mercy. So that woman, though I'm sure she knew about Eli's problem. Because Eli's boys was laying with the women when they came to give their offering in the church. Y'all ain't hearing me. I wish you'd read the book. Oh, they knew about it. How many of y'all ladies know if that's going on? All the ladies know about it. How many of you brothers know if they, if they, hello, everybody, all the brothers know, they know about it. So when you read in chapter 2, it gives you the details of the way Eli was living. And it wasn't, it wasn't glorifying God. But the office God had maintained. By the way, God is so bad, he's so awesome, that if somebody occupies an office that displeases him, he know how to move him and put in there who he wants. And so Hannah, she says to him, I'm provoked. She doesn't disrespect him. She just gives him her truth. Eli hears her story, says to her, woman. Simple word, woman. Go your way and may the Lord, here's a priest talking. Here's a priest that doesn't, has not done a good job. Are y'all hearing me all right? May the Lord grant you your request. That's all he said. You can find it in the second chapter, in the first chapter. You can find it in the first chapter of 1 Samuel, verse 17. Woman, go your way, and may the Lord answer your request. It's almost like saying, bless you. I stop taking for granted when I say to people, bless you, because I mean it. Because... Be because there is such a thing as authority in the kingdom of God. And it's real. 
And some have disrespected. I want to spend just a second here and say, if you found yourself disrespecting the office because the person's personality or something they did, you need to repent from that and say, God, nevertheless, the office was created by you. This works, and by the way, if you are a wife and you have disrespected your husband because of his actions, he may not be living in a, disres- in a respectful way, but his office is reserved by God. Uh, we could say a lot more about this because many believers are having difficulty because they've broken big rule in the kingdom of God. They've disrespected authority. She didn't do that. She just told what her, she said, this is my situation. And she was honest and true about it. And I'm provoked. And he was, she was looking to him at that moment. Do something. Now I want to say this to you because I want to give God the glory that there has never been this is a, this the, I, I, I tremble when I think about this. There has never been a couple that has agreed with my wife and I and stuck to what we, God said that God did not answer their prayer. My gosh. And that's not my track record. It's what God has done. So I want to end this up. She... She, she, <laughs> she heard the words of the priest. She believed him. In spite of the fact that he didn't have the best personal record. He still had the best office. And she received. The Bible says she went home. Of course, I, Johnson Isaac, she went home, beat her face, took a bath, beat her face. Praise the name of the Lord. She went home, took a bath, beat her face. Beat her face and took a bath. Put on something nice. Praise the Lord. Amen. Got that look in her eye. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his holy name. Elkanah came home. I'm Johnsonizing it because the Bible don't give us these details, so I'm just helping your imagination a little bit. It's sanctified imagination. Elkanah comes home. When he comes through the door, ain't no kids. Panada, she gone. Kids gone. It's quiet. What's that I smell? She had that, she had that frankincense. <laughs> she powdered up. And I kind of came home and he said, what is this here? And uh, amen. Amen. Next thing you know, Lord have mercy. And, and she was so, can you imagine? No, excuse me. Once she let go of her worry and her fear, once she let go of her anger and her pain, once she was released from the thought of her future being worse than her past, once she let that go, she could be happy. Amen. And, and obviously, if the Lord is the one that closed her womb, there was that point when the Lord did what? Opened her womb. And by 
bam, hallelujah. I like the bam, amen. Frank likes the bam, 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 bam. I'm sorry, forgive me, y'all tell me. <laughs> okay, y'all, y'all understand, amen. <laughs> that woman gets, she conceives. Man, I bet you that conception was something else. Because she was so desirous. You know, then she had to carry full term. She carried full term. And, and, and she told the Lord, you know, she, 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 she said, in fact, she let it know to the priest, said, if I, Lord, if you will bless me with this first child, I will turn around and I will bless you. If you bless me with this, I will, I will offer this child to you, the rest of the saints. If you will bless me, Lord, if you will break my barrenness, if you will destroy this future that's worse than my past and reverse it and make my future greater than my past, if you'll turn my situation, I will bless you with the first of this blessing. And, and she had the child, and Elkanah is like elated. He happy twice. Let the people say amen to that. Oh, he happy twice. Because he gets the woman he really, really shown up. His heart, he, he loves her. He gets all of her. And she's responding back to him. <laughs> look, look at him. Look just like you. Oh, child, look just like your daddy. <laughs> and she's nursing him eye to eye with him, speaking to him. She called him Samuel. The Lord has heard my prayer. And she'd say things like this, I imagine. Samuel. You are such a blessing. And you're going to be a blessing to the whole nation. Because God blessed me. And he said, for my father Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing. Oh, Samuel, you're going to be the blessing for the nation. When she finally weans the child, she doesn't go back for, she doesn't go back for the few years to the to the first fruit offering when they sent their normal first fruit offering, but she didn't go. She stayed and weaned the child. And once the child was weaned, you know, you'd think if you're going to, you know, something that precious, you're going to give him away? Hannah, she kept her word. And so when the day came and she knew it was time, and the baby knew, the child knew it was time. You don't see the baby hollering, screaming, like some child, some kids are so attached to their mamas. If they, if you leave, if your mama leave the baby sight, they scream, ah, ah. I mean, they're not even, they ain't hurting, they dry, they fed, but you just leave them aside. Because ah! sometimes moms need the babies more than, come on, y'all, than babies need the moms. Here's a way you can mother children to agree to a point where it becomes a curse. I, I'm, I'm, I feel like we have a generation we're trying to raise now that, that mom's hung on to so hard till it's hard for them to let mom go. 
Worse than that, I, I think we have a generation that moms have hung on to, to so long and so hard and in some cases inappropriately until they have identity problems. Are y'all breathing? She, when the time came, she released the child and brought the child to Samuel. And of course, Samuel, excuse me, to Eli. Eli, Eli forgot. You know, it's probably three or four years. He forgotten the situation. He dealing with his own home problems. Here she comes with this child. Look, cute little child. Ready to go. Mom already schooled him. Talked to him all his life. Prepared him for this transferring moment. Yeah, they bought the bull, and they bought all the grain, and they bought the wine. Yeah, they did. They bought all that as a first fruit. But th this time, because remember the word of the Lord, the first child out of the womb, the Lord said, belongs to me. And, and so you, you would bring an equivalent offering, and the child would be there, and you put the equivalent offering in front of the priest, and then you got to keep the child. But it was symbolic that this child belongs to me. And she brings the child and releases the child. Samuel said, what is this? Uh, Eli said, what is this? Hannah said, well, this is the child I promised you. This is the child I said. I'm the one that you said, go your way and be blessed. And here is the blessing. Now, what he didn't know, what, 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 what Eli didn't know, is he was about to take in his replacement. That child became one of the greatest prophets in all of Israel. Ask your neighbor, ask mom next to you, what is, what is your child slated to become? She bought that child, released that child, and isn't it amazing, speaking about agreement, you don't hear Elkanah crying about you gonna get my baby? What you what you promised? You didn't ask me. He only a peep from him. Look, he's so happy, he ain't got nothing to say. Eli receives Samuel and tutors him in his own house. Lives in a house of debauchery all kind of ugly things going on in that household. And I can say this to you, there are some, there's some ugly things that can go on in preachers' houses. Ain't nobody saying amen. There are testimonies, if you heard some of the testimonies that I've heard, you would, you would shake your head at some of the things that go on in the households of those who lead the people of God. But of course, what do you think the warfare would be? But God was faithful, and he released Samuel into that household. And, and you know, she's so, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> she's so happy that she, she doesn't hesitate. I don't think there were any tears in her eyes. She had already decided what she was going to do. I could see her, go now, go now, go now. I'll see you soon. I can see him hugging his mom. Okay, he go. You don't hear a peep of negativity about from that child. 
She backs up, takes a hand of Alcana, Alcana looks at her. She looks at him. I, I'd imagine Alcana probably might have said something like this. Don't worry, baby. We can make another one. She looked at him. He looked at her. They went on back home. See, this is what I want to say about this. The Bible said they had five more kids. Look at your neighbor and say, five more kids? <laughs> so, I'm going to end the story right now. I'll tell you, here's how first fruits works. The first, say that, the first, guarantees the rest. Come on, look at somebody else. So the first guarantees the rest. So that woman, she went home and it was, can you imagine Penina is not saying nothing? It's almost like she doesn't exist. Hannah sees herself differently. And I, I need to tell you this, until you see yourself differently, it's going to be tough for you to receive what God wants for you. Some of you need that word. You need to go and be blessed. You need to look at first fruit in a much bigger picture. Because we are back to family, and I'll say to you, how many children are suffering because parents have not offered them to the Lord? Some, some are suffering because their parents have offered them to the Lord. Some children are fighting the dedication that they had no hand in at all. And until they come to grips with Almighty God, when they come to grips with Almighty God, when they figure out your arms are too short to box with God, everything will turn around in their life. Some of you, I may be talking, mm -mm. I'm talking to some of you are sitting here on, in your chair today. Your biggest problem is somebody already prayed over you. Somebody always, already made declarations without your permission. And you may, you may, you may disdain the fact that you had no say in that. That's because you have not tasted of the fruit that God wants to bring from your life. You have not understood that your life is not your own. You have not understood you were bought with a price. You could be thrown out like the trash with so many other children. But God has sustained you. And you're alive for one reason only. Because somebody already prayed for you. Some of you did some of the craziest, stupid, foolish, ignorant stuff in your life. Clap your hands if that was you. When you look back, you say, Lord, how did I live through that? I went to the Travis Green. I went to the Travis Green concert the other night. My wife and I sitting there, my daughter sitting there, my son, my daughter sitting there. We're all sitting there on the same row at the Travis Green concert. The movie, it hadn't started yet. And lo and behold, here come Travis Green. And, and the host of the, of the show is a good friend of ours. And so he's, I wanted, he, said, he said, Travis, I want to introduce you to my mentors. 
And so Travis comes, and we have a conversation right there. It's like, oh, man, you know, we have, what up, what up, what up, what up? What up? And, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's an amazing thing. When, when, when God uses people and they understand they have a mission and they understand they have a purpose, you know, they don't have to put on any airs. In the middle of the show, Travis was talking about his situation. He f fell four stories out of a window. Hits the ground. They pronounce him dead. Cover him up with a sheet. Mama comes down screaming and hollering, picks him up, praying to God, screaming and hollering. And I happen to look over at T. Garlington, who, by the way, was there too, because she had the same, ex a similar experience where she had to hold her child or call on her child who was pronounced dead. And Travis said, that it, my, my mama kept on calling. She said, well, the third time she called Jesus, you know, I started crying. And then he told a story. He said, Mama, he said, I fell. He said, well, but I don't remember hitting the ground. He said, a hand came and caught me. He said, who are you, mister? He said, I'm Jesus. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, don't underestimate the power of a child dedicated to the Lord. He didn't dedicate himself. It's an amazing thing to me how God will always send me the firstborn and the leaders of, of other families because they have a calling on their life. It's part of the modus operandi of this house. If you're up in here, I promise you there's an anointing on your life and you are called to do something great. Look at your neighbor and say, you are called to do something great whether you know it or not. And that calling and that greatness did not come on your own. Somebody made a promise to God for you. Clap your hand if you understand what I'm saying here today. And it is great. As we close this section, I want you to, I want you to get a hold of that in your own heart. Struggling and fighting against God. The thing that you are ordained to do. The devil makes you think it's the worst thing in your life. And the truth of the matter is, there's so many souls to be blessed by your life. There's so many people. There's somebody waiting on the other side of your obedience. Because you are, you were, you are a first fruit of somebody. You're somebody's first fruit. And you're a first fruit for this generation. This generation needs you. That's how powerful it is. God will keep it alive until it produces. Just because somebody that he loves promised it. Mm -mm. So she sold him. She gave him. Two weeks ago, told you the same thing. You let that child, let that baby go. God will give back to you. You can never really possess what you've never given away. Oh, you have it, but you don't possess it. Well, you have it, but you can't enjoy it. You worry, I'm so terrible, worried about my child. Oh, and some of you mamas can't put the babies on the bus because you're so worried. So 
somebody, somebody, somebody. You, you've never given. If you'll give him away, treat him like a first fruit. Give him, give him to God. Say, God, I can trust you. If I can trust you to carry him for nine months, I can tr- if I can trust you to come out of a birth canal, if I can trust you, if I can trust you to all the sickness, if I can trust you, then I can trust you with this child's life. And I'm offering this child's life to you. First fruits is powerful. Same thing happens with your money. You designate. You say, God, this is what I'm offering to you. God knows how to watch over what you give. <laughs> we think God's blind. God knows how to multiply. Talk to your neighbor. God knows. Come on, t- tell him. How to multiply what you give him. And, and this, is, this, is what, this is what some of you are, some of you who are first child or first fruits, some of you, that's your life. You just don't understand the multiplication of your life with the hand of God and your obedience to God. You just don't get that yet. You don't know how great it is. You're looking at the present or you're focused on the past. When you say yes to God, when Samuel said, yes, mom, I will go, he didn't know he was going to save all of Israel. He didn't know God was going to put him on a national platform. He thought maybe that child might have thought one thing, but I promise you it never goes the way you think because the ways of God are past finding out. He has to reveal them to you as you go. I need you to bow your heads in this moment right now. In this season of first fruits, which is so powerful, goes all the way into the New Testament. And frankly, goes all the way into eternity. Christ, who is the Father's first fruit. The Bible calls him the first fruit of many brethren. Every generation, every time frame, always has first fruit. In the same way that crops that generate over and over again, there's always a new first fruit. That principle God has in the earth as long as there is seed time and harvest. So I don't want you to diminish the season and treat it trifling or uh, frivolously. I'd like you to think about it as, oh my God, this is, this, is, this is the way God has given me to open the future, whether it be for your children or whether it be for your finances. It's the way that God has ordained for you to increase. Honor the Lord with this. That's what Proverbs says. Honor him with the first of your increase. And when you do that, your barns, your holding tanks, your accounts are going to be full and overflowing. And I'm going to increase your joy. It's the will of God to do that, to help you understand. To understand this principle is to understand the economy of the kingdom of God. How his kingdom works in your life. If you are a a child of your parents who have never said yes to the call of God, never said yes to the will of God, I pray for you now in the name of Jesus that you would no longer wrestle with that. Thinking about a future that God has not even created for you. Quit judging the Lord as to how it's going to happen and what it's going to look like. But place yourself in the hand of the Lord and let God open that for you as he chooses. Let him surprise you. 
Let him blow your mind. With your life, oh my God. Surrender to the Lord yourself. That's what the Apostle Paul said about the church at Corinth. First, they gave themselves to God. And then they gave up their stuff to God. I pray for them, Father, in Jesus' name. Those who have never said yes to ministry, they've never said yes to discipleship, they've disrespected authority, they've fought you on every hand, but today, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, lay your hand on them mightily. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Bring your mighty grace and conviction over them today. So that they would say yes. That they would trust you and believe you. Glory to God. I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for this. I thank you for this. Lord, for those who have not trusted you with their finances, with their substance, whatever you've been speaking to them to sow, give them the courage to sow it. And then the faith to receive what is multiplied back. Lord, may their testimony be glorious. That you might receive the glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. I thank you. God's people said amen. I will